0: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate that you all are here. I thought, who wants to come to a meeting when you could be in bed sleeping or downstairs dancing? Imagine this taking precedence in our lives over those two wonderful activities. So thank you very much. My name is Barbie. Hi, I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Barbie. Thank you. And I come from Marion, Massachusetts, Um, and uh, I um, would like to uh, just do some housekeeping here. Uh, The topic of this workshop is into action, and um, this session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. And we have a timer. Christina is going to time. And I will be sharing for, uh, we'll each be sharing for 20 minutes. This is Anne. And uh, we would like to remind OA members who are in other 12-step fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery as an OA member. Okay. Uh, We'll start with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. I'm told I can um, spend five minutes telling you a little bit about my story. Um, I came. I came into the program. Because someone told me that my fat and my overeating was a spiritual problem. And I had a God of my understanding. So I believed her and I started to pray. And I prayed every night for about a year. And uh, the last night that I was praying for this particular thing, um, I heard a voice. And it said to me But you don't want to give up your best friend And of course I was taken aback Because it was true And because I never would have said it And that was the first time I'd actually heard God's voice In English Language before It was just God had done things in my life Had made miracles in my life But English language was That was new to me Um, So I said, well, make me willing. And, uh, well, I didn't know that was an OA thing. I didn't know about OA. I made, And he made me willing. And he made me willing 27 years ago, so willing that I've never done anything but stay with OA, go to meetings. I've broken every rule except the meetings rule, I think. But um, I've been persistent, um, i 've done uh, lots of twelve steps, one through twelve. I did it by myself the first time um, gave it away to i didn 't even have a sponsor when I started, but I found one to give it to and um, I did an a wall the second time, and then I broke every rule in the a wall <laughs> but i didn 't quit because I figured it's more important to God and me that I finish this a wall than that I be perfect, so I've been that way kind of all along. <laughs> what um, it's um, um, what does it stand for? Who can tell me what oh, it I'm stands for? A way of life. Yeah. A, way of a way of life. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a non OA approved meeting, but it was very common in OA 27 years ago. Um, we got together, and all we we used the um, AA um, twelve twelve step book. And um, you joined the group, and you had to follow a lot of rules. And you had to you had to be abstinent, which was defined by you and your sponsor. And you had you couldn't miss more than three meetings, and there were rules. And you did the twelve steps together, but you did them on your own at home. We just read about the 12 steps and talked about the 12 steps in the meeting. We went through the book, and we had periods of time, like we had maybe an eight-week period to do our our, um, fourth step, and then it was time to do our fifth step with our sponsor, and we were supposed to be doing all that work at home. And uh, so I was pretty much of a newbie still, and so I'm pretty much still doing it on my own. And then after that I led a couple of A walls and still I you know I never had a real um experienced step sponsor through all of this. I was getting experience by doing it but um I uh, most recently I did many other ways through the 12 steps because I knew that was the only way to recover. And uh So I kept working on it. And I started to hear some people with more recovery than I had. And a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, or actually it was actually more like 10 years ago. It was for my 13 years ago. I I finished that last one on my 60th birthday. And... uh, um, I got a. I got a really tremendous sponsor, and I really knew how to. I, she taught me how to go through every single step and every single process, um, and uh, and she actually heard my fifth step because she'd been working with me the whole time. She would read my notebook as I went and as I filled things out, and that particular um, twelve steps took me nine months. Um, I started it. I said, I, I really don't have any resentments. I really didn't know what a resentment was. Well, so she just said, "Well, write down all the names of the people that you that come to you. You say the third step prayer. Write down all the names of the people that come to you, and then that was all I had to do." So after I did that, I I went on, and I and I did finish this, and I had seven hundred resentments when I was through. Um, and I wasn't afraid of anything, and I had 300 fears. So, <laughs> so the um, that, that's probably enough of my story. Um, I want to just tell you a, a little bit about int, Into Action, for those of you who aren't really familiar with the um, big book. Into Action is really a the first part of it is about step five. What we've done is we have completed our fourth step. And, it, and the um, big book says, we have admitted certain defects. This is on, in case you're with me, on page number 72, the second half of the first paragraph. We've admitted certain defects. We have ascertained in a rough way what the trouble is. We've put our finger on the weak items in our personal inventory. Now these are about to be cast out. This requires action on our part, which, when completed, will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So it goes on to say that this is a pretty difficult thing to be looking at, and it, it really says that many of us try to avoid this humbling experience we have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, we binged if we didn't do it. So we've done step four, and we're balking at step five. Step five is into action, it's the first part of interaction. Having persevered with the rest of the program, we wondered why we fell. We think the reason is that we never completed our housekeeping. We took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. We only thought that we had lost our egotism and fear. We only thought we had humbled ourselves. But we had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense that we find it necessary until we told someone else all of our life story. That's pretty much it for Into, a- into Action. Um, So it goes on to say that um, this is a a question of of pride and of holding on to things. We want people to think well of us. We don't want people to know the bad things that we've done, especially some of the things I cried over when I wrote them that I was so ashamed of myself. Um, And uh, so we balk at it. And I think sometimes we balk at the very idea of even working the steps. Um, I I balked at first um, on the idea of working the steps, partly because I knew, for some reason, I knew that they were the key to my recovery and that I would not recover until I had finished the steps. And I, wanted, I thought I had to do them perfectly. So I was... Well holding off until I could be perfect enough to do the steps perfectly um, and then um in the in the o a twelve step book there's a there's a paragraph that addresses it, and I think I was probably on the, my third time through the twelve step book before I actually really heard what it was saying, and it was saying, "Don't wait to be perfect. you're not going to be perfect. just jump in and do it. So that's when I did my first. Fourth step. I, w- I was on a business trip. I was alone in a hotel, and I just did my fourth step. I read the questions in the book, and I answered them in my notebook. And then I found a sponsor to read them to. And that was a—it was a very good start. Um, like I said, God gave me willingness beyond anything I could have imagined. And when I did my most recent fourth step, God gave me the willingness to write for an hour every morning for nine months, and I only missed two mornings. And I've never been disciplined like that in my life before, and I've never been so consistent about anything. Um, God just gave me the willingness. I'm so grateful for it. Um, So interaction is... um, um, we're not only trying to protect our reputation and and of uh, uh, trying to avoid this step, but um, the inconsistency is made worse by the things we do. Um, it says on our sprees, on our binges, and I suppose and the the things that we do hiding food and embarrassing things with food, and things that I do at at um, I used to do at. I still do I still sometimes hang out around the food looking at the food and and being more interested in the food than in the people at a party Um, I'm sort of over that part of it and I certainly am not trying to figure out how I can eat it without people noticing anymore I thank God for that Um, but anyway the things that we we uh, vaguely remember um, these memories are a nightmare we tremble to think someone might have observed us As fast as we can, we push these memories far under, far inside ourselves, hoping that they will never see the light of day. We're under constant fear and tension that makes for more binging. And it goes on to say, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. We've spent thousands of dollars for examinations. We know but few instances where we have given these doctors a fair break. We have seldom told them the whole truth nor have we allowed, followed their advice. Unwilling to be honest with these sympathetic men or women, we were honest with no one else. Small wonder many in the medical profession have such a low opinion of compulsive overeaters. We must be entirely honest with somebody, with somebody, if we expect to live longer happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before we choose the person. It goes on to talk about who we can tell our fifth step to. And it warns us to find somebody sympathetic, to find somebody that will um, be will hold our, our work in confidence, that will treat us well as we go through this, will understand the kinds of things that we do, for me, it was there was never any question with any of them that I would pick another compulsive overeater. That was absolutely, just without a doubt in my mind, that that's who I wanted to hear my steps because those people always knew from their own personal experience what I was going through. Um, it warns us not to like pick a relative or somebody who would be hurt. Because of some of the things that we're writing about, we have to be careful. We be hard on ourselves, it says, and um, careful of other people, just like it does when we get to making amends. Um, so that's pretty much um, it, 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 it. In the conclusion, it says, once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. I can say to you that I had a spiritual experience. I probably had many, but working working the steps the last time that I did it and working especially the fear prayer. My sponsor told me that after I had written about my fears and why I had them and how long I'd had them for um, and uh, what I tried to do to make myself feel feel better, um, then I would write down what I should have done if I trusted and relied and penned on God. And after that, I said the fear step prayer, which goes like... Um, God, uh, please, I I pray that you relieve me of the uh, fear of whatever my fear was and direct my attention to what you would have me be. And then I'm supposed to wait for God to answer me. And I would would wait, and I would at first come up with something like, well, you you should do this or you should do that. And I was reading these things. To my sponsor along the way, and uh, she would grab my notebook and look at it once or tw- every week or two, and she said, "That's not the—that's not God's voice." I said, "How do you—how do you know that's not God's voice?" Because God wants you to be joyous, happy, and free. God's going to tell you good things. God's going to tell you that you're okay. Thank you. And so. Um, I began to listen for God's voice and I began to un- hear the difference between God's voice and my own voice. Often I would answer the prayer myself. Dear Barbie, go out and uh, write your write your amends letter or something like that. And then I would write Barbie, I think that's you. Wait for God. And then I'd sit some more. And then God would would say something to me like um Good, good work, you're doing a great job and I, I now have a, a spiritual relationship with God that I never had before it's a relationship where I know I can ask God anything and if I sit and wait and listen I can hear God's voice it's no longer just that one miracle when I was praying and that, that voice of God and it and it's very recognizable to me now. I know when God's speaking. I know when I'm in control. Now, I don't always do it. I, I, uh, I have plenty of self-will still, and I still forget to. I, um, I have a, uh, a couple of sponsors and a couple of sponsees, and I've asked each of them, those four, to pray for me that I would um, pray without ceasing. That I would learn how to pray without ceasing, and they are doing that, and I'm praying for each of them. They each gave me something they want me to pray for for them every morning, and uh, we are praying for each other. And I'm just hoping that I get better and better at praying without ceasing and being connected to God all the time, because I know that that's what God wants. I'm I I know from this program that I'm here to to serve. That's why I'm been put on this earth, and uh, and that's what I want to do. That's where I get the most joy in my life is serving, and uh, especially I like serving other compulsive overeaters and passing on what I've learned. So, thank you for being here and for letting me speak.
1: Thanks, Barbie. Hi, my name is Anne. I'm a Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Anne. Ann. Grateful you're all awake at this time of night. I'm feeling dry, but that's okay. Um, okay, so I'll begin with just a tiny bit about myself. I came to Overeaters Anonymous in 2004. I um, thought I knew everything till 2008 when I attended the Plymouth, Massachusetts Convention. Speak up. There we go. Um, I arrived at that convention at 315 pounds with the gift of desperation. I went to the 100-pounder meeting, and I found hope. I became abstinent shortly afterwards. So in 08, I became abstinent. And I've been maintaining 165-pound weight loss for uh, over eight years. Through the grace of God, the gift of this program, and each of you in this room, So the topic I've been asked to share on tonight is into action. And when I looked at that, I went, holy crap, that's a huge chapter. It's 5 through 11. So here we go. So enough about me. Um, 20 minutes. Uh, I loved the reading uh, in the Voices of Recovery October 24th, just a few days ago. And I thought, wow, that's getting me ready. Rather, we come to understand that the basis for stopping our compulsive eating behaviors and staying stopped is personal inner change. Change is the key word for me in the above quote. I went into the program looking for another diet club. I kept coming back because I couldn't understand how Overeaters Anonymous worked. I kept looking and listening for a solution and I finally found it. I would have to change the way I was eating, behaving, and thinking. The changes would happen inside myself so the outside could change. The directions for how to change were in the 12 steps. However, I knew that if I followed the steps, I would achieve physical, emotional, and spiritual health. I am grateful to a program of recovery that has allowed me to understand that recovery from compulsive eating is possible, if I choose to change. So it's into action, and that is the change. Um, It's not into thinking, it's not into wanting, and it's not into dreaming, as I thought for years and years. It's into action. And action's a hard thing. One through four, I was getting ready. And it starts with step five, because... That's where I'm going to really start to change. Step four, I had to write down all the things that needed to be changed, all the things I've been doing, all the lies I've been telling myself so that I'd be ready. My sponsor says it, this chapter's all about watch, turn, and ask, and I love that. And very recently I had a sponsor share something that I thought was very profound about this chapter, and we're, that we're all like flowers, and you can't force a flower to open. You need to water it. It needs sun, and it needs good soil, but it'll only open in its own time, and we can't shake it open. We can't force it open because if we do, it'll die. So I take my program of change in this chapter to the best of my ability, but I just keep changing because it's a lifelong journey it is for me, and I hope that there's still lots of change in store for me. Um, Step five for me was all about thinking um, that I knew everything and really discovering I had a double life. And that double life involved, oh, yeah, here we go, the notes. The double life involved um, living in fear and pretending I was somebody else because I figured that's what you wanted, and I desperately needed you to like me. And I desperately needed to hide all my bad qualities and my imperfections from you because you really wouldn't like me, and it was really important that you liked me. So when I took step five, it was my first chance to bring those fears out in the open, to talk about the things that were really bothering me and just not talk to just God about them but another person and to find out that I wasn't alone that that other person understood what I was talking about and they didn't judge me for it. They gave me practical uh, ideas and me and pushed me a little to dig a little deeper, but um, they were all mine and it was okay. Um, Interaction gives me a set of directions on how to work this program. It's the steps, but it's... I need to do certain things. There's a lot of musts in this chapter. Um, and the step five promises, I love that. We pocket our pride and we go for it, illuminating, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. Oh, that's good. We need. We can look at the world... Uh, we can look the world in the eye and we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. You know, that was, fears drove everything I did. I was afraid of everything. And to know that those fears are falling away, and they are falling away, they do fall away in my life. It's just more important to get up and just live today than it is to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow step six we're here already that was quick um this is where the change really starts and i'm um i i first few times i read the big book and yeah 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 got it got it got it and oh step six here's my defects god take them away on to seven And this is probably, for me, the most challenging and important steps I've ever tried to work. And I say tried to work because it is a continuous journey. Every time I turn away from the defect, when I turn away from fear and I try and turn it into courage, another fear comes up and I just need to keep working at it. I need to turn my fear of abandonment into security. I need to turn my defect of perfectionism I don't know how many people here are perfectionists you know if I can't do it right why the heck bother to do it at all and um, it, it has dominated my thinking it's preventing me or has prevented me from living my life that drive, that need and only to find out that I'm human and I've got a sponsor who says Anne. Write this down. Stop being so hard on yourself. You're human. This is your journey. Um, Yeah. I work at these defects because I'm good enough. I'm worth it. And I want to change. These are the changing steps. I want this. I want to be able to look people in the eye. I want to be able to connect to a power greater than myself. That's my purpose. And to know that I can have real relationships with people, that's a change. I used to meet people and think as they were talking, oh, what am I going to have to eat? What am I going to do when I get home? Where am I going to go? I know better. I know the answers. And that's not engaging in life. That's not hearing what people have to say. That's, that's myself, myself, always thinking of my selfish self. Page 62, selfish self-centered. That we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear. So in six and seven, I really tried to turn that around change the defects into the assets. That's my purpose and I also have that purpose of emotional abstinence and that's when I really had to turn to a power greater than myself because putting the food down was easy believe it or not. I didn't think so and of course I thought that once I got to a normal body weight that life would be perfect. All my troubles were going to go away. And I've spoke before, and when I hit that goal weight, and nothing seemed to be going my way, um, it was like I'd taken the lid off a can of a thousand snakes, and they all slithered out, and they were all at my feet, and they, I didn't know what to do with them. And I was scared, and I was alone, and there were no answers. In fact, it was worse than it had ever been. And that's because I didn't have food. And that's because I didn't understand that it isn't about food. It's about working the steps and developing a relationship with a power greater than myself. And when I develop a power, um, a relationship with a power greater than myself, that means I can develop a relationship with you. I can develop a relationship with my family. I can develop a relationship with my employer. I'm free. I'm free to start living my life. Um, step eight and nine, here we are already. Um, I think the most important parts for me was step eight, and that's learning to forgive others because there are no amends I can make in this world without forgiving others, forgiving them for all my hurts and forgiving them for all my resentments and forgiving them for not being perfect. I spent a long time thinking my parents were bad parents because they weren't perfect parents. The change, the interaction for this is to understand that they were human beings. They're human beings just like me were and that they carry their own stuff and they needed a program just like everyone I think in this world needs a program but they have to want it and they did the best they could. Um the biggest change I think is from four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine is learning to live honestly. I no longer need to lie. Lying was so easy, and it wasn't like big lies, like there's a giant elephant out in the parking lot and he's got pink polka dots. It was the little things. it was like um. And did you, you see where the uh, bag of cookies went? No. What bag of cookies? Just the little stuff. And do you um, do you know about this, that, and the other? No, I don't know anything about it. And um, it's not the way I live, choose to live my life anymore because it bothers me and it takes me back. And I'm not changing. I'm changing back to that old person. Um. Rigorous honesty, my life's an open book. Um, I went through an intense step study just recently in the last year. And one of the hardest things um, I was challenged to do was to be rigorously honest. And my sponsor said, okay, we put the food aside. Let's talk about your real problems, my emotional hole, my God hole. And she said, I'm going to challenge you to phone someone in your program who doesn't know the real you the person you've never revealed yourself to, the person that you think thinks you're perfect, that you're some sort of superstar with your smug superiority. Really? Yeah, really. Uh, she's, she's, she calls herself, she said, I'm, I'm a kick-ass sponsor. Okay, I guess my rear needed to be kicked. Um, so, I did it. I phoned somebody. One evening I said, "Do you have time to talk?" "Yeah, sure. What's up?" And I gave her my real life story, not about my not my food story, but my life story, about my inappropriate behavior, about my behaviors around men, about my god-sized hole, about my immaturity because when I put the food down, I was a little girl again with not a lot of skills on how to to handle life. And she listened, and I cried, and she listened, and I cried. And it was the best darn thing I ever did. Because my life's an open book. And if I can be honest and stop hiding and not worrying about how I'm going to be judged that I don't need to lie anymore because I told the truth in the first place and I don't need to cover it up. And that's the change. That's the action that I need to take on a daily basis. God already knows. God has forgiven me for everything I've done. God has removed every defect of character I have. It's me. It's me. It's Anne's self chooses to stay in that moment, but when I free it up, when I free my mind and I can let go, surrender, then the possibilities open up. So, we make a few amends, we make all the amends possible, we do it in a loving manner, we don't want to harm, and we do it prayerfully, and I keep my mind open for things I've missed, because one thing in these years is. Uh, taught me that some things I've forgotten and I don't think conveniently I think that they come to light when I'm ready to listen when I'm ready to accept Not, uh, step nine. Oh my gosh where'd the time go um, step nine trying to do it daily trying to pause take the action of pausing oh, there's kind of a oxymoron there but anyway um to be considerate, to think before I open my mouth, to live on the line. There's another thing. There's another concept. There's a line that Ann tries to live on, like the division sign. I've got a star up here and a star down here and a line here, and my goal for 10 and 11 every day is to live on the line. I live on the line like this, try. But when I'm up here at the star... I've got the high highs, you know. I'm running on adrenaline. I'm saying crazy things. I'm not thinking. I'm acting like the addict that I am. And then I get the low lows. Oh, man, what have I done? The world's on me. It's not my fault. It's your fault. I'm the victim. This chapter talks about living on the line imperfectly. I'm not perfect. Um, i'm reminded and stop being so hard on yourself because the perfection in me perfectionist in me says if i'm not perfect i'm not good enough i used to think i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough i'm not thin enough and i'm not pretty enough and this program has taught me i am enough and when i don't remember that i'm enough all of you and my higher power remind me that I am good enough just for today. Um, a couple of things I want to close with. Um, it talks about at the end of this chapter, we alcoholics are undisciplined, so we let God discipline us in this simple way. Four through nine, uh, five through nine. Um, but, oh, my eyes. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without works is dead, and the next chapter is devoted to step 12. And we get a whole chapter for that. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. How many times do we hear that? How? It equals who. Who? Who? God, my higher power. Rearrange the letters of how and you get the who. Without God, without a power greater than myself, I have no direction in life. I had no direction before I came to this wonderful fellowship. If I had direction, I wouldn't need you. I wouldn't need anybody. I'd be happy, joyous, and free standing in and sunlight. Um, Yeah. So here we go. From the words of my sponsor. Recovery. Put down uh, put the food down. Ask God for help. Rely on him and trust him. Clean house. Keep my channel clear. <sighs> yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Cataracts, sorry. Give without reservation, give without reward. Practice all 12 steps daily. I will find physical, emotional, and spiritual sobriety. This is my spiritual awakening. Food is only a symbol. The uh, definition of serenity, living life peacefully with my problems. Thanks for listening. Uh Mm -hmm. thank you I guess I've got to say a couple more things here okay we're going to open for sharing so anyone with, I'm going to read this Uh, please stick to the topic of the meeting and that topic is into action I welcome anyone who's moved by the spirit to come up sign and give us three minutes on into action the floor is open Not everybody at once, please. <laughs> come on up. You're going to have to sign because you will be recorded. I'm going to move over here so, you to move down a bit, so they can come up. There we go. You sign there and come on up.
2: from Connecticut, a compulsive, obsessive, overeater, and, um, I, I, um, I've been in the program since the mid-80s, and I lost 160 pounds, by the grace of God, and, but it was only the last, um, you know, I reached bottom in the last 15 months that, um, that I got a sponsor and started working, really working the steps and and going through all the steps and looking at all my amends and and when I did that fourth step and um I you know I looked at my character de- defects uh, and uh, my shortcomings and um, I was crying. I I I I discovered things about. I thought I was a nice guy. You know, I thought I was wonderful and I found out that um that's not the truth. Um I maybe outwardly didn't uh, harm people but inwardly um I was in so much fear and had so much resentment, so much jealousy and 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 greed and economic insecurities and 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 I learned from this program that it's an it's an action program. I never took action. I ate instead. That was my deal. I binged because I didn't take action. I, I didn't know how to, to to handle everything. And now I you know I take the action. I do the work. I call um, and and I'm I'm so aware. The it, 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 the discoveries in this program is amazing and I, and because I keep on looking at my character defects and they come out and 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 I'm aware of it, and now I can pray about it, ask God to remove them so I can be of help to others it's um rate, anyway, it's a program of not of um not for people who want it or need it for it's a peop- program for people who do it, so I'll keep coming thanks.
3: Good evening, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm a compulsive eater. Hi, It's This is my first convention. I've been in the program since February. Uh, this February will be two years. And uh, I'm exhausted. I am tired. And it was a great day. A lot of different topics. I came here with the intention to light my program on fire. And unfortunately, I didn't realize that the fire was going to be lit under my butt. So there we go (laughs) but um, this topic into action and thank you for your service Um, but this topic of into action you know this party started downstairs and it's fabulous but I'm tired I don't want to be there and I was throwing a pity party for myself which is free and not a lot of energy needed and realized that this topic was coming up so here I am and I uh, called my sponsor, and I said to her, I am triggered, capital T, triggered. I'm in a lot of pain. A lot of these topics that I was dying to go to are really, I got a lot of work to do. And I'm okay with that, you know, to be acknowledging it. And to also acknowledge how far I've come. Because even though in the back of my mind I'm hearing, wow, Sam, you really, you, you, that, I heard that double life. You really think that you're all that you know like you're in front of these people and you want to say something that's going to be so funny and on point and you want them to come up to you and ask them to like speak at all their meetings like there's that that ego part of me and um and I have to do a lot of work on it and that's okay you know I can still hear in the back of my mind my sponsor always says to me lighten up or you're gonna binge and there's also that part of me that I'm grateful my higher power's relieved a lot of the obsession, but there's also that little ego part of me that's like I haven't done it in, you know, well over a year. So, psh. but I need to lighten up. She always tells me to be gentle. Be gentle. And that's like my higher my higher power speaking to me through someone else because my idea of change is I got a bag of rocks on my on my back and don't worry, I'll take care of it. I'll beat myself up. But if you want to get in there, thank you. If you want to get in there and you want to help me, all the better. Because if I can muscle through this and I can beat my way through this, check off all the boxes, then I'm going to be great and I can do this. D- danger. For me, danger. Because that's me thinking Sam's in, in charge and Sam's not. So I, But I do have to take action. I have to take the next right action. So instead of having the pity party, I have to go to the meeting. And instead of falling right into bed tonight, I need to make a couple notes, I need to talk to my sponsor I need to come up with a game plan, figure out what's going on, I need to go to more meetings and I need to stay abstinent because if not, this this all this all goes away, all this clarity, so I'm just happy to be here, I'm happy that you guys are all here and um, thank God for this program, thank you
4: Hi, my name is Chantal. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm not coming with sharing my strength, I guess. I'm coming with a question, which, uh, you know, I don't have the answer. Um, I have a spon- um I joined o- I've lost 65 pounds since I joined OA, and I've maintained it. And recently, I guess I went into deeper into my uh, abstinence, and I really changed my food plan and removed more stuff. And really, I can, I have felt the more clarity, and you know, like the the fog, you know, coming out. So I have a sponsor. I have reworked my fourth step for the second time, and I just cannot. It seems. Finish it and go on sharing it with my sponsor. Uh, she's a good person. She uh, she's well regarded where I, where I do meetings. But I judge her. I find she doesn't. She's not fully abstinent in my opinion. Doesn't have a correct weight, and I judge the way she works. God, and I'm frozen. You know, I just seem not be able to um, go over that hurdle, and I'm and I have difficulty. I've always had difficulty uh, with relationship and asking somebody. I'm very introverted. I'm much better. I would not have been standing up 10 years ago for sure. (laughs) So that's it. I'm sharing my problem and uh, asking for help or advice or whatever. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Is there anyone
1: else here with a burning desire to say something tonight? Okay. Uh, We'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop and we will now close the meeting with the Serenity Prayer. And I think there's just enough of us to make a nice little circle.